and fully sober. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it is not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh God, today, as always, while we're considering these words of the Apostle Peter, we pray for insight and understanding into the relationships that we live in, our relationship with you, our relationship with ourselves, and our relationship with each other. Guide us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For those who uh, have been here, we uh, are in the midst of a teaching on these letters that uh, the Apostle Peter uh, wrote to the early church. So two weeks ago, Rebecca Hernandez uh, preached on 1 Peter chapter 1, the first part. We're looking at the second part today, as you can see, verses 13 to 21. You can go to avonhope.org and uh, catch up with Rebecca's uh, teaching a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so Peter is the, the guy writing this, and Peter is an interesting uh, character. If you don't know anything about him, definitely worth checking up on. One of Jesus' earliest disciples, actually, uh, his brother introduced him to Jesus. They, he heard him preaching, and he went to Peter, and they were interested in this idea of Messiah, and uh, his brother believed that Jesus was the Messiah, and so he went and brought uh, Peter, and Peter and Jesus have this incredible first interaction with each other where Jesus uh, changes Peter's name. Now, this was not a uh, <laughs> normal practice for Jesus. We don't have this uh, recorded amongst any of the other disciples, but something inspired Jesus to, uh, to make a name. So his name was Simon or Simon, and uh, Jesus decides that he's going to change his name to Cephas or Peter, which is, means the rock. Um, so Dwayne Johnson was you know, just following an ancient tradition, I guess, when he went with the, uh, the rock. Now, I, the rocks are good. Um, it's an interesting nickname. You know, we, we think of rocks. There's kind of two sides to the, to the rock name, right? So a rock is, is strong, and it's, 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 it's powerful, and you can build things. And, and, and in fact, we're strict to later build things on, on rocks. So that's... Uh, that's good, but then when it comes to like the intellectual side, rock is it's not exactly a name that you would want to be associated with yourself, you know? So I don't know exactly where Jesus was going with this. I don't know if Jesus was trying to be funny. You know, Jesus was funny, uh, and sometimes we overlook that because we think of the serious side, so I don't know what exactly Jesus was getting about. Of course, later he does say that the church is going to be built with, with, with Peter as the 
as the, uh, the leader, if you will. And so Jesus gives Peter this name, the rock. Now, Peter believed in himself. You can surely say that about Peter. He had a strong uh, belief in himself. There is a, uh, there's a passage in Matthew, and it shows up in Mark too, where uh, Jesus is describing what's gonna happen to him, to the disciples. So he's with the disciples, and he's like, I'm gonna be, he's talking about his death, and you know, it's, they're, they're, they're triggered, they're having this, this moment. And Peter uh, boldly takes, uh, the passage literally says he pulls Jesus aside, which I find very funny in and of itself. So Jesus is telling what's gonna happen, but Peter's like, gets him on the side and is like, no. Well, you can't talk like this. And the, the passage actually says that Peter rebukes Jesus. That's pretty bold. Uh, Peter had a strong belief in himself. <laughs> so he, he knew it was right. He felt like Jesus was a little off here, and so he rebukes Jesus. Then Jesus turns and rebukes him, literally says, Satan, get behind me. And so we have this interaction. So Peter had a pretty strong sense of his self, self-sufficiency, thought he knew what was best, and in this case, he pulled Jesus aside and rebuked him. Uh, later, famously, Peter, as we get closer in the story to Jesus' actual crucifixion, uh, Jesus again is talking about what's going to happen to him. Peter again is, is triggered. And so uh, Jesus says, you're all going to deny me. And Peter is like, no way. No way because Peter believed himself. He's in no way, he said, all these other guys, we've been together three and a half years by now. All these other guys, they may leave you. Everybody else may leave you. I will never leave you. Why? Because Peter believed in himself. He had a strong sense that he knew who he was and he knew what he could do. Now, you keep reading in the same chapter, by the way, of the, the, of the, in the passage in the Bible, after Peter says he will never deny, and if you've read the story, you know what happens. What does he do? He denies three times, famously, including to there was a, a, a young woman first and a man, and, they, and he kept denying Jesus over and over again. So Peter really believed in himself. By the way, one other time, uh, they were coming to arrest Jesus, the temple guards, and, uh, and Peter's like, I'm going to take care of things. And so he put, there's this bunch of soldiers and Peter pulls out his sword and attacks one of the guards because Peter knows what's best and Peter believes in himself. Apparently he believed he was gonna take on all these soldiers and protect Jesus and he was gonna take care of business because Peter uh, believed in himself. And so Peter had a lot of hope in his own ability and really believed in himself. He wasn't very good at the following through part. That was the problem. Now, I think uh, Peter represents a lot of us who have hope or want to have hope in ourselves and our ability uh, to get things done. And so we, we, we build ourselves up and we're like, I can do this. I'm going to make this happen, even, even if we're not sure that we can. And so we're, we, we, we put a lot of hope in our own ability in our own selves and so we do this as 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 individuals we believe we can do things in fact we're told that you know we got to believe in ourselves we do this as a as a community we say as a people if we could all just get together uh we can do amazing things and uh, there's certainly some a truth to that and again our culture uh 
in, in, in Western culture in particular is really pushing this idea that just all the, the biggest issue that we're all dealing with is that we don't believe in ourselves enough. So we just need to believe in ourselves more. If you've ever watched a Disney film from the last 30 years, and I'm a big fan, I love a good Disney film, a little princess or whatever, I'm all in, I'm all in. But the message often ends about like, the key is you gotta believe in yourself. That is what uh, is holding us back. So whether it's film, whether it's music, whether it's literature, like our issue is we gotta believe in ourselves. And there's a reason for that, why that, this, this belief I think exists, that believing in ourselves is the key to like really getting forward. Um, you know, for, for years, whether it's religion or just culture at large, there has been uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of restriction. This often happens in, in, in religion, where we feel very restricted, we don't feel freedom, and so the idea that we need to believe in ourselves is that you kind of break out of those things that are, are restricting us, right? And then the recognition that if we don't believe in ourselves, uh, it may, may lead to self-doubt, or low self-esteem, or uh, lack of confidence. And so the reaction to those dangers is, well, you've got to just believe in yourself. So you've got to just keep telling yourself, uh, I am trustworthy, I'm going to make it happen, I'm good enough, uh, I'm great enough, and, uh, and hope that that does it for us. Uh, Muhammad Ali, the great heavyweight uh, boxer, who, I mean, he was in his day, he was the best of the best, right? He said this, he said, uh, this is summarizing, I think, this, this philosophy of believing in yourself. He said, to be a great champion, which he was, to be a great champion, you must believe you are the best. You must believe that you are the best. So if you want to be a great champion, according to Muhammad Ali, who was from, for time, a great champion, you got to believe you are the best. So there's that idea of you got to believe in yourself. You have to hope in yourself. And then he goes on to say, if you're not the, the, the champion, pretend you are. So I don't know if Muhammad Ali was the first make it to fake it, fake it till you make it person, um, but he's certainly perpetuating that idea that you just fake it till you make it. So, you know, you got to believe in yourself, and if you, you really aren't the person that you want to be yet, just fake it, and hopefully that will come along. And so, Muhammad Ali, he was champion for a while. So this sounds again like uh, this sounds like good advice. The problem is, the problem is that for most of us, we spend all of our lives pretending that we've got it all together, and pretending that we can do. Uh, things that we can't re do and, and, and trying to put hope in ourselves but having like this deep seated knowledge inside of us that we actually aren't the champions and we never are going to be and that we have inherent limitations and that we actually aren't all that trustworthy and uh, we aren't going to live up to the things that even we want for ourselves and so this philosophy of believe in yourself has severe limitations because we are limited. We are, we are, we are broken. And so we're trying to like avoid self-doubt and, uh, and, and avoid feeling less than ourselves by kind of building ourselves up, but it doesn't fix the problem that, that we aren't 
and we can't make ourselves the people that we want to be, and we can't fulfill all, the, all of our hopes and dreams, and we can't fix uh, things. And so this is kind of depressing, but we keep telling ourselves when we get up in the morning, you know, like, okay, I can do it, uh, I have hope in myself, I believe in myself, and uh, then the good day goes on and maybe you have a couple good days in a row and you're feeling good about things, but before long, something is gonna shatter that idea of uh, believing yourself. And the danger then is that you spiral the opposite way even more. And I know, I know that some of you today are, are, are in that place where you, know, you, you, you bought in to believe it, but now you, you know deep down inside, and we all do, you know that believing in yourself is not enough. You're never going to be what you want to be, always dissatisfied. I think this was where Peter was when he was writing uh, this letter. And uh, we see some of this revealed in verse 14. He says, uh, Peter, a guy who believed in himself and kept failing. By the way, we're told he denied Jesus. Jesus is going before the, the authorities prepared to die. And he said just a few hours before, I will never deny you. And then he finds himself denying. And we're told that he wept and wept when, he, when the, the rooster crowed, as Jesus had predicted. And he, it, he came to recognize his own limitation. He wept and wept. Again, I know some of you maybe feel at that point where you keep saying, I just believe in myself and, and it doesn't work and you're down and you're not feeling good. And so Peter writes and he says this, as obedient children. Don't conform to the, he says, evil desires you had when you lived in uh, ignorance. Now, I think this is interesting because oftentimes we read passages when we thought, talk about uh, evil and we think of like specific things that one might do or actions or whatever, but Peter is getting at something deeper than just an action. Peter is getting out a way of, of thinking that is problematic, that actually goes all the way back to the beginning of the story in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and, and it culminates in chapter 3 when uh, the deceiver comes to the garden, if you've read this story. In, in Genesis chapter 3, the deceiver comes and starts creating chaos, and the chaos is started by asserting to Adam Eve that... Uh, they should believe in themselves. Uh, don't believe in God. In fact, God is, is, is not being honest with you. You need to believe in yourself. And so uh, the deceiver in Genesis chapter 3 is uh, perpetuating or propagating or starting this idea that we are self-sufficient and that we should take care of ourselves. And so the accusation or, or the, 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 the pitch from the deceiver is, God is holding something back from him. If you take of this fruit, you will be like God. You'll be self-sufficient. And then all you have to do is believe in yourself and everything is going to be okay. They fell for it. And chaos ensued. We fall for it. And chaos ensues. We, 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 we are convinced by this idea that maybe we're, we feel or we're burdened by this idea that we have to be self-sufficient and we have to be this incredible person. We have to be the champion that Muhammad Ali told us to be. And if we're not there yet, just pretend, just fake it. But most of us spend our whole lives faking it. And you know, you fake something for long enough, it really gets to you. You can only be fake for so long. 
as the obedient children, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. The evil desire to be self-sufficient and to be your own God, don't conform to that. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. So Peter now is asserting like, hey, if you want to be the kind of person that you want to be, holy, or however you want to refer it, that's a very uh, religious term, holiness, but you want to be the kind of person that you want to be, it doesn't work by being self-sufficient on your own. It's your connection to the God who is holy, the God who has it all together, that helps you to fulfill the person that you were designed to be. So this self-sufficiency, this uh, uh, believe in yourself is, 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 is incomplete. Peter only realized this after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Up to the death and resurrection, Peter kept asserting that he was able to get it together and that he was going to defend Jesus or he was going to rebuke Jesus and tell him what was really up. Like over and over and over again, he keeps asserting himself because he believed in himself. Well, that ended after he denied Jesus. No more belief in himself. He wept and wept and wept. But then Jesus died. And for, for part of three days, he was in a grave. And then Peter heard the news from several women who went to the tomb where Jesus was supposed to be resting and they came back and they said he's not in the tomb and who was the first to run to find out what really had happened? It was Peter. <laughs> Peter realized that he was never going to be the person he wanted to be if he was just believing in himself. There's more to life than just ourselves. God is calling us into a relationship where we believe in him and then, and then we become the complete people he wants us to be. He empowers us to be the people that we want to be. We don't have to believe in ourselves. God is inviting us into a relationship where we believe in him and he then can, can, can fulfill who we are meant to be. And so Peter ran to the tomb and later, uh, Peter, in a dramatic scene, <laughs> meets the, the risen Jesus for himself. And Peter was changed so that he could write a, a letter like he wrote uh, to, to the newborn church, affirming that holiness, or whatever you want to call it, is not something that you can gain on your own. You can't be a, you're not going to be a champion on your own. Maybe you have a moment where you fly. Muhammad Ali, by the way, he was the, the greatest in the world. As you, you may know, if you remember that, he was the great, he was the biggest sports figure in the entire world. But you know what? It was fleeting. It was fleeting. God is inviting us into a relationship where we put our hope in him, and it's not fleeting. It's eternal. God fulfills us and makes us the people that we can be, and it's not something that just goes away. Believing in yourself will only get you so far. God is inviting us into a relationship where we believe in him. He works in us to fulfill us, to make us the people that we want to be. And so the invitation of Jesus is to believe in this great God of the universe who wants to fulfill who we are and make us the champions that only he can make us to be. And so self-doubt, 
Self-doubt is over overcome because we are never, ever by ourselves. We're never by ourselves. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says this, God, this is God, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. You're never going to be all on your own. If you're trying to fill your self-doubt by just believing in yourself, it's not going to work. It's not going to fix things because sometimes you're going to want to feel like leaving yourself. But God says, I will never leave you. Even when you feel like you don't want to be yourself anymore, I will never leave you or forsake you. Low self-esteem. Believe in yourself, and it'll overcome your low self-esteem. It doesn't work because deep down inside, we know we aren't the people we want to be, and that affects our, our view of ourselves. But low self-esteem in Jesus is overcome. Peter said it, you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. A life where you have to do it yourself and you are your own God. You're redeemed from that by the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. If you're feeling low, <laughs> Jesus died for you. He fulfilled that which you can never fulfill on your own. And finally, lack of confidence. If you just believe in yourself, it will boost your confidence. Again, it only works, if at all, for a moment. But in Jesus, we have hope. The one who said, uh, you can do all things through Christ who strengthened you. That was the Apostle Paul talking about Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. This is the great promise. As we accept this work of Jesus, God is able to fulfill the person we were designed to be, something that we will never, ever, ever do on our own. And so our invitation today as individuals is come to the one who wants to make us the people that we were designed to be. We're not going to do it on our own. Believing in ourselves is only going to lead to a lack of confidence and low self-esteem, not feeling good about ourselves, but as we confess faith in the Lord Jesus, we acknowledge that he's done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We're united, and he is able to fulfill who we were called to be, children of the great God of the universe, the God who has promised he will never leave us nor forsake us. You are loved by the great God of the universe. Even today, if you don't feel very loving toward yourself, there's good news. The great God of the universe loves you. You are loved. You are cared for. And God is inviting us into this relationship where we can be fulfilled, not through our own work, not through our own capacity, not through believing on ourselves, but through believing in him, we can be empowered to be what we can't be in our own. May God do that in you today. Amen.